Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Thanks so much for tuning in today for another episode of my podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. We're grateful for your listening and for the opportunity that we have to try to help you in your walk with Christ. And if you have any questions, all of our contact information is in the show notes. We'd be happy to hear from you. And I have been going through on this first season of Scattered Abroad my journey with Crohn's disease. And last we talked, last week, we were talking about Intivio, which was my very first research drug. And as I mentioned last week to the listeners, if you didn't pick up on that, I said my first research study. Uh, that does indicate that I've had more than one, and that's what we're talking about today. I've entitled this episode, Insurance Stinks. Now, don't get me wrong. Insurance is amazing, and it's wonderful, and I'm very grateful that I have it. But not at the time that I was going through this in 2016. See, back in 2016, Intivio was working. I started to notice that I was feeling better. My energy was up. I was starting to be able to attend class more regularly, and everything seemed to be going the right way. And I'm not sure if what I'm going to talk about first had anything to do with it or not, but I somewhat feel like it did. Because one thing that those of you that have colitis or Crohn's that you know is stress does not help. It makes it worse. And so on March 4th, 2016, I was at, I was at school. Lunch happened. Megan and I, we went and picked up Chick-fil-A, and we were back at the apartment on the, on the campus. We were eating and watching a TV show together. And halfway through finishing lunch, I got a call from someone in my family that was telling me that my, uh, my grandmother had collapsed and was not responding. And, of course, you hear that, and though my grandmother was an older woman, you're never ready for something like that to happen. And so you immediately go into panic mode, right? And so Megan and I, we hopped in the car, and we drove to my mom and dad's, which was about 10 minutes away from the apartment, and we made it there just in time to be told that my grandmother w- was still not responding. And I'll never forget, I, I drove up to my parents' house on Crowther, and my dad looked at me and just shook his head. And I, we know what that means. You know, so I walked in and sat through them trying to revive her and trying to get her back and then going to my grandfather and telling him that they lost her and that we lost her. And I just remember feeling incredibly numb. I can't imagine what my grandfather was feeling. I really hope I never have to figure it out. But I just kind of sat there for a little bit. Because... I was just a year away from graduation at this point. I mean, a year from that date, I would be a graduate. And Megan and I, we didn't have children at the time, and just felt numb. I mean, just so, so beaten down.
And we had the funeral on March 8th. And I got a letter from my insurance company when we got back from the the graveside that said, we are not going to cover your insurance. The insurance is not going to cover your medication in Tibio. Remember, I told you it was a $25,000 infusion. I, I mean, I can't really blame them for not wanting to cover it, but... At the same time, I mean, the whole purpose of insurance is to to have help in situations like that. I mean, my body rejects itself. I need help. And so I remember just kind of sitting there, and I called my research coordinator, and I read the letter to her, and she scheduled me to come in, and Dr. Eunice and I were talking about what we needed to do, and he said, okay, well, let's put in a, a, a claim for a lesser medication and just see what happens. And so we did, and again, the research study was informed through my insurance that they wouldn't cover it. And so eventually he said, look, they're not going to give you this until you try the least amount of medication possible, and it shows that it doesn't work. And so I was really, I was back to square one. I was, again, sick, without help, and I went three months without an infusion, because they couldn't cover it. Now, I mean, if I if I went, I was going to owe twenty five grand. And so they put me on a steroid to try to help. And finally, a really wonderful program. I mean, I love Intivio. Intivio did nothing wrong. Intivio Connect was an incredible program for me. It gave me my infusion again. I was able to enroll in uh, Takedo, the, the company who oversees that drug, was approving my acceptance into that program. And so I was able to go in August for the first time in months and start to get the drug again. But I started noticing that I didn't feel as good as I usually did. I would get home, and normally after an infusion, Megan and I, we would go out to eat because I would have an appetite for the first time in, in months. And I would just enjoy getting to eat, and we'd go to eat with Tate and Kayla, our really good buddies. They had graduated at this point. But I'd come home, and I'd tell Megan, I don't, I don't feel like I normally do after an infusion. And so I'd go to the doctor after my second infusion in... I guess it was October, and I told the doctor, I said, hey, I'm not really feeling great after these like I used to, and he said, okay, we'll do, we'll do blood work, which, of course, I hated, and so they took some blood, and they, they checked the levels of that drug in my system to see how high they were, if it was being effective anymore, and I was told in November that the drug was no longer working. You see, the three months that I was out of commission with that drug because the insurance refused to cover it, my body built up antibodies to it. And so when they were infusing me, it was, I mean, really no different than giving saline because the moment my antibodies saw the drug, it destroyed it. And so I had to deal with weaning off the drug, because even though it wasn't being effective, there's still protocol with that study. And so I had to go back two more times for nothing. 
And if you thought I was mad at needles before, <laughs> having to go back, knowing that the medicine's not even working, yeah, that was rough. And in the midst of all of this, Megan and I had accepted a, an offer to work at the Somerville Church of Christ where I am currently, and all of these wonderful things were happening. But anytime you move and you're going through finding a house and doing all of the stuff that happens with finishing up school, that's a stressful time. And so in the middle of all of that, knowing I'm not getting better, the stress levels exacerbate the issue. And so here I am... <laughs> a couple of weeks from graduation and I'm no better than where I was six months in to starting school. Insurance stinks sometimes. And again, you just sit there and think, why Why is it that way? Why does it have to be this way? Why does every single turn have to be so incredibly difficult I don't know. I, it's been five years. I still can't tell you. What I can tell you is that when I read Psalm 23 and I look at verses 5 and 6, it tells me everything I do need to know about this. And really the answer is I don't need to know. In verse 5, David writes, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, we've talked about this the last couple of episodes now, but you study the life of David. You look at all that David dealt with, and you have to ask yourself, how could he write such a statement? Because there are other psalms by David in the book of Psalms where he is beseeching the Lord or begging the Lord to inflict pain on his enemies. And yet here he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God, you take care of me. You take care of me. I have to get to that level of understanding. You have to get to that level of understanding that, yeah, insurance may reject your medicine. And you may have to be incredibly careful and cautious because you don't want to get sick. And, I mean, don't, don't we all know about what that's like after 2020? What it's truly like to be concerned on a daily basis about whether something would happen to you or to a family member that you love that would take them from you. And maybe a lot of you experienced that. I was blessed. We, we managed to basically make it through this unscathed for the most part. Typical bumps and bruises. But even if something had happened... God will take care of me. He'll take care of my family. If I had died, he would have taken care of my family. My wife wouldn't have had any needs. I know the congregation here would take care of her. I know my families would have taken care of her. I wouldn't have worried about her at all. 
and the same would be true if she had died. Of course, I would feel pain, and I know she would feel pain if I were gone too, but I... Friends, part of having faith is not sticking my head in the sand and just saying, God, you do it, but it's saying, God, I'm going to walk this path, and I'm going to know no matter what happens, whether I fall, whether I stub my toe, whatever happens, you're going to take care of me through it. And if I die on this path, your angels are going to come and bring me back to you, which is the whole purpose of this podcast. Philippians 1.23, to be with the Lord is far better. Despite my circumstance with insurance rejecting me and building up the antibodies to the one drug, the one semblance of hope I had at this point that was going to make me healthy, I made it through that. I miss Intibio. I mean, it was a, an effective drug. I wish that I could have had a one-and-done situation, but people rarely do with these things. There's so much that's happened through the last four or five years almost that have been rough. But God has taken me and carried me through it. You've probably heard the poem that I'm going to close with today, but I'm going to paraphrase it pretty heavily too. There were two people, God and man, walking side by side. And at one point, man looked back and saw two sets of footprints. Life had been going pretty well, and things were pretty good. And he turned to God, and he said, I want to thank you for being with me and taking care of me and seeing me through these last several steps and this journey that we've been on together. I know you really and truly care about me. And as the poem goes, they go on. And life gets really rough. It beats this man down, and he's struggling, and he finally he looks back, and he sees one set of footprints. And so he cries out and says, God, where have you been? You know, you, you walked with me when life was great and everything was fine, but when life became tough, you left me? What's that about? And God replied, Son, when life was good, we walked side by side. But when life became tough, I carried you. Those aren't your footprints. They're mine. And while that poem is a, a fictional story of God and man physically walking side by side, the message and meaning of it is true that no matter what happens in life, God will provide, God will take care of you, and he will see you through. And so live for him right now so our eternity can be far better. Next week we're going to talk about my second research study, getting on uh, Phil Gottnib, and so I hope you tune in then. Uh, it'll be a good episode for you to listen to. Pretty good stories coming up. But thank you so much, and don't forget to listen to the other podcasts we have, our joint podcast, which comes out on the first Sunday of every month, our other podcasts that run every day of the week. We've got something for you. Please tune in and listen next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. 
If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.